We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while you hear each spoken need, yet love is way too much give us lesser things cause what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near and what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise we pray for wisdom your voice to hear we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near we doubt your goodness we doubt your love as if every promise from your word is not enough and all the while you hear each desperate plea and long that we'd have faith to believe Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your name? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know the pain reminds this heart that this is not, this is not our home. It's not our What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your name? What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst? This world can't satisfy. And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? 
you're singing your heart out for Jesus this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 this morning. We'll continue our series. We started last week. This will probably be the last week we talk about one word from Genesis chapter 12. We looked at Genesis 11 last week. Going to follow, uh, follow it up in Genesis 12 today. And it's something we've been doing here as a church for about three or four years. And that is at the beginning of the year, we, are, we tend to ask God to give each one of us one word for the year. One word to help us stay focused on Christ, stay focused on following Him, keep our attention on Him. And we ask Him to give us a specific word uh, for us because uh, a lot of things happen during the year. It's easy to get distracted, easy to forget kind of where God's at work in our lives. And so that's kind of what the idea behind the, the one word is. Hopefully it's a help for you and, uh, and um, we'll be encouraging for you this year. So look at Genesis chapter 12 and uh, we'll start reading in verse 4. So Abraham uh, departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Uh, I said Abraham, it's Abram. Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. Now, they came to the land of Canaan, so Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were in the land. And so, last week we talked about this one word idea. I gave you some questions on the back of the bulletin for you to, to pray over during your quiet time, think about, explore with the Lord, uh, hopefully with a pure heart. Uh, they're on the church Facebook page, by the way. If you lost those questions, you want to take a look back at them, and I would encourage you to uh, follow us on Facebook. And there's some things like that that we do that will be helpful for you. And so the reason why we do the one word, and resolutions are good, but most people don't keep the resolutions. In fact, this last Friday, January the 12th, was Quitter's Day. It's, <laughs> there really is a thing called Quitter's Day. It's the, by January the 12th, most people have given up on their, on their New Year's resolution. So hopefully you haven't quit on your one word yet. And uh, so anyway, a lot of people, you know, they, they talk about, you know, diets and gyms. And I mentioned last week a lot of people join a gym because they like to lose 30 to $40 a month. And, uh, <laughs> and it's savings account, thing like that. But the one word idea is the word of keeping us focused on what God wants to do in our life. And interestingly enough, I got a video from the International Mission Board this week that relates gym membership to growth in Christ. And so I wanted to share it with you this morning. So we got about a two-minute video. These are some missionaries to Thailand. Okay, so some of your international missionaries to Thailand. Watch how God works in his life through the gym membership. So for the church, when I kind of had this idea of starting a church in a gym, you know, people are like, what are you doing? So when we moved to Chiang Rai, we had to study language and I was not a very good language learner. My blood pressure was high, I was stressed out. And so I heard about this gym that was doing workouts. They had just opened five minutes from my house. I came and worked out and I was exhausted. I went home and I told my wife, I said, it's horrible, you should come too. And so we saw the value in that and the community that was here. People love to come here, they love to hang out here. The gym was becoming a bridge from Thai culture into sharing the gospel and, and sharing Christ with people. And so I said, let's do church here. When we set up church, we set up 
boxes to sit on and we sat on these benches. We didn't have anything. We used the equipment that we had at the gym to do church. So the first day I met Net, uh, he had come, he had worked out, and I noticed the, the earring. He had a cross earring. After workout, he asked me about my earring that I wear for like two, three years before I came to the gym. Like, oh, I like your earring. Are you a Christian? He goes, no, you know, it's just fashion. And so I was able to just share with him about, about Christ and what the cross actually meant. I have one day that I decide to go to church. The sermon is prodigal son. He accepted Christ that week within just a few days. He is the example that we have here at the gym of how Christ can change your life, of saying, God changed my life. I walked through these doors as a, a non-believer, somebody who didn't even know God, and he has completely changed my life, and he can do that for you too. I wanted to show you that video and talk about one word today is because you notice how that the missionary saw the gym as a place to be on mission with God. And that's what I want our one word to do, to help us stay focused on God wherever we're at, whatever we're doing. It's interesting that uh, when the missionary met Net, um, invited Net to church, and he said one of the reasons why they really started leaning toward the gym as a place to have church was as they invited a lot of their neighbors, most of whom were Buddhist, they're very resistant to come into a Christian church. Hard family-wise, hard friendship-wise, and then it was just odd for them. But he said with the gym... You know, people were talking, they were laughing, they were open to things, you know. They were friendly with each other. And there was just more of an openness just to people in general, and to Christianity in particular, uh, at the gym. And it's interesting, when he, when he met Net, the young man you saw in the video, uh, invited him to church. Of course, Net had the cross earring, just a fashion statement, you know. And he was able to, to once again, that one word, keeping you focused on what God's doing at the gym. And Net said the first time that he went to church, you heard him say the sermon was on the prodigal son. And Net's testimony is, as he preached on the prodigal son, he said, it was interesting that I didn't feel God, you know, bringing up all the horrible things of my past. He said, it was like God sat down on the pew right next to me and said, I want you to come to me. And that did, that week, not that day, but that week after his first time in a Christian church, Ned gave his heart and life to Jesus. And that's what I want us our one word to do for us this year, is to take a look at how God is at work every day at the gym, at work, in family, at school, in your friendships, all these kind of places, to see God is doing something to keep us focused on what God is doing. Now, last week we looked at Abraham and his dad, how they started from Ur of the Chaldees, and they started going to Canaan. Terah, Abraham's dad, was going with him, uh, and he was planning on going to Canaan too. We saw that in Genesis chapter 11. And as they started that way, Abraham's dad took a detour, and he went to a place called Haran. And, and I think probably, we can't know for sure, but they were headed to Canaan. But Abraham's dad went to Haran. That's a distraction place. It's a place of settling down outside the will of God. It's a place, listen to me, a place of not pursuing God like I used to. And Abraham's dad died. Inherent. 
Here's the thing that came to me this week. It very well could be that Abraham's dad was the biggest hindrance in his life for following God. Think about that for a minute. They're going to Canaan. Dad settles down. Abraham doesn't leave until his dad dies. And, and God comes back in Genesis 12 and, say, and it says that God had said to Abraham. Now, I don't know if in Genesis 12 God reaffirms that call after his dad dies or he remembers the call or just kind of brings it back to his mind. But let me ask you something. And, and this is hard, I know, but I want to ask you, Dad... Are you the biggest hindrance in your children's spiritual life? You see, if you settle outside the will and you're not pursuing God, if you're, let me say it a different way, if your children never hear you pray, and they never see you talk about Christ, and they never see you studying your Bible, and they don't hear you or see you involved in church in a way that tries to bring people to Christ, they can, get the very e they can very easily get the idea that church is just something you do on Sundays and it's not that big of a deal. By the way, Mom, it can be you. By the way, anybody, if you have a close friend who isn't a Christian and you settle, you quit following Christ, you quit having a hot heart for Jesus, you could be the biggest distraction in their life for them coming to Christ. It's not going to be the president in the White House. They don't care about that. They don't expect them to be witnesses for Jesus. It's not going to be the laws. It's not going to be the latest rumors on Facebook and all of that. If they know, somebody knows that you're a Christian and you go to church and you claim to follow Jesus, but, but it's not that he's not that important to you, man, don't be the biggest hindrance of somebody else coming to Christ. And so we want to pray. As I said last week, we want to pray this prayer. Lord, as we start 2024, we ask that you make it a life-changing breakthrough year. Everybody say breakthrough. Yeah, we don't want to just have a good year. We want to have a God year. May you mark it with your power and presence. Strengthen us every day. May, your, may this year be the Best year ever in Jesus' name. That's on our Facebook page. I would encourage you. Maybe you want to start praying that for a while. But I want to encourage you to say, God, give me one word that will anchor to that prayer. Give me one word that will anchor my heart to Jesus. And then in Genesis 12, 4, look at what the New International Version says. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He did it. He went. Didn't think about it, talk about it, have a small group study about it. He obeyed what God said. And it's a quite a journey, guys. From Ur of the Chaldees to uh, Haran is going to be around five to 600 miles. So Abram's dad went a long ways, right? Look, don't go till you're 65 and quit. And, and when I'm about quit, I mean settle down. Don't wait till you're 70 and you've got grandkids to think, okay, I've and I hate it when people say, well, you know, I've kind of done my part. It's time for younger people to do their part. You don't have a part. You're, you're a son or daughter of God. Those <laughs> following Jesus, not doing a part. Okay? And so uh, they traveled a long ways. Now, Abram and Sarah and all the rest of the folks, they still got about four to 500 miles left. 600 miles or so, the first leg of the journey. Now they got four to 500 miles. They got to go around Canaan. This is around a 1,500-mile journey that they take. That's a long ways to walk. 
Okay, that's a long ways to go by camel or donkey or something like that. What I'm saying here is we need a one word to keep us focused. Why? In the long run, the whole year. We don't want to just talk about today. We want to have something that will keep us focused the whole year long. That's why I try to encourage people to ask God for a word. Why? Because we all say things like, well, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be more Christ-like. But what specifically is God working on in your life? Being a better Christian is fantastic. But it's a really big target, right? It's a really big target. If God could come to you and sit down next to you on the, on the bench today and say, here's the one thing I want you to keep on your mind. Here's the one area I really want to work in your life. And I gave you a bunch of questions last week, and you can pray about those. But ask what God, what's on God's heart. So I want to share with you a couple of helps and last week I talked about choosing, and, and, and that's really not the right word, but God revealing your word to you. This week I want to talk about how do we go? How do we live it out? How do we keep it in front of us for the year? So here's a couple of helps. First of all, our first word to help us kind of keep it, keep it focused is the word go. The word go. We've got to start. We've got to get going. As the famous Chinese philosopher Joel Wilkinson, I mean Lao Tzu, sorry, Lao Tzu said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. So what's your one step today? I would encourage you to make your one step this week choosing that one word. And when I say that, you know I mean God giving you that one word. Being in a place where you can hear God say, this is your one word for the year. Now, notice there in Genesis chapter 12 verse 4, it says in the International Version, so Abram went. Notice what did not happen. What did not happen, as far as we know, is that Abram did not say, so how far is it? How hot is it? Do I have to take everybody? Is there a Bucky's or a Cracker Barrel along the way somewhere or another? That would really make this easier, you know. Don't you know, this is a long journey. Don't you know somebody had to say, how much further? <laughs> I've got a friend of mine said his dad always said 15 more minutes. No matter where they were, how far it was to go, there's always 15 more minutes. 15 more minutes. Where's the bathroom? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. Don't you know? All that's going on. So as Abraham went, and there's Canaanites in the land. They're not going to give up their land easily. So there's a lot of difficulties ahead of him. But Abram's trusting God for today. So how do you go in obedience to God today? Because here's the thing. Once you choose your one word the word that God gives you, right? You want to find a way to keep it front and center uh, so that you can remember to live it with Jesus each day. It's not just choosing the word and forgetting about it. I can remember my word last year. My word last year was real, okay? Uh, that, was, that was a big word for me. The word the year before was uncommon. You can remember one word, so find a way to keep your one word in front of you. I would encourage you, put it as a screensaver on your computer. Put a post-it note where you shave or put your makeup on. Put it as a, a deal on your phone, the screensaver wallpaper or something like that on your phone. I want to challenge you to do something. Those of you who, who have internet connection, you're on Facebook, we've got a place set up on our church webpage for you to go there and say, my word word is this. My one word is this. I would encourage you. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we had 100 people Right on, it didn't take you 10 seconds. There's no downside to it. Just to go to Facebook, right, my one word is blank. And so we got that for you. That would be a great thing to incur because 
The more people that do that, the more people be encouraged to do that. If you write it and like somebody's, it's going to keep, it's going to, you're going to get a notification all through the week as other people add their word. Wouldn't that be fantastic if every day this week you got five notifications that somebody else put their one word on our Facebook page? There's endless ways uh, to keep your one word front and center. I love what one person did. They made a little, I made a little diagram of it. Put the picture up. This guy's one word is relationship. Now, you can't read everything that's on there. But this is the word relationship, and he made words out of relationship. For instance, the, word, the R is tribe, T-R-I-B-E. So he's going to do it with other people, right? The next word is me. I would have put master, but, you know, <laughs> there you go. But he put, but, but it's an E, so he put me. Uh, and then the next word is life, which my relationship with light. Talk about God now. The next word is media. What is my relationship with social media, all kinds of media? How does that help me in my relationship with God? What do I need to do? Then it's faith, wife. Wife's on there twice. Is that a good idea? <laughs> Thank you, sir. I really thought I'd get a feminine yes, but I praise God for good husbands, right? So wife's on there twi uh, twice. And that's a really good thing to say that quickly. Work, money, son. He's got son on there. He doesn't have daughter. I'm assuming that's because he doesn't have a daughter if he does, she ain't like Hannah Grace. Because I wouldn't hear the end of it. <laughs> if I put son and I didn't put daughter, yeah, I, I, boy, I would be so busted <laughs> for the rest of the year on that one. So the idea is look for ways to put your word in front of you so that you remember. You, you can't really see the, 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 the light riding around relationship. These are all Bible verses that he's put. You can do jewelry. Some people get a necklace with their one word. Some people made bracelets out of their one word. Some people painted rocks uh, with their one word on it. There's all kinds. Come up with your own idea, you know. Maybe have a one word party somewhere or another. But the idea is to, to, to let God show it to you and then put it front and center. Not, look, not as a way of saying I've got my one word for the year, but as a way of focusing on Christ. Second thing is grow. grow. The one word's about growing. It's not about saying I got a one word. It's about a growing relationship. Abraham is on a trip. And God's going to develop him along the way. Abraham is not supposed to wait until he's fully grown in God. And his, his faith is fully mature in God before he leaves. No. He grows as he goes. You see, a lot of people have the idea that I'm going to wait. And when I get more spiritual... I, and, and most times they never do. <laughs> I get more spiritual. I, I, I know more about the Bible. I, 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 then I'll share my faith. And I get more spiritual. I feel God's presence a little bit more. I'll start having a quiet time. And when I know the Bible a little more, I'll get involved in Sunday school. And, and we, we just wait and we wait and we wait. Listen, guy, you grow as you obey. You don't wait to get to some kind of spiritual maturity before you start obeying God. No, you go at the beginning. The idea of asking God for one word is to help us go and then grow, to help us engage with God and to help us to take our relationship with God into the everyday opportunities of our life. You see, it's not about getting it right. A lot of us, probably most of us, would say something like this. Boy, my one word last year, I could have done better. If you could have done better with your one word last year, say amen. The ones that didn't say amen didn't choose a one word last year. <laughs> you could always do better. 
I could have done better. I wish I had done better. This is not a competition. If your one word helped you last year move in the direction God wanted you to go, celebrate. Thank God for it. If your one word helped you to obey God in some way this past year, praise God for that. If your one word helped you adjust your attitude uh, on one day or one week or a month, praise God for that. If your one word helped you to share something with Jesus or somebody, praise God for that. If it helped you and reminded you to pray for somebody else, I would encourage you parents uh, to know each other's one word in your family so you can be praying for each other. A husband and wife share each other. Encourage your kids to come up. Man, there's like even a book, one word for kids that they could get. I would encourage you to help you to pray for each other. It's not about conquering. It's about growing. Okay, it's not about achieving something. It's about help letting God show you what you're, show you His way in the specifics of your life. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Here's your weekly growth suggestion. Choose your one word this week. Don't wait too long. I mean, we're waiting on God. We want God to show it to us. We want God to reveal it to us. But if you don't have anything by the end of the week, take your best shot at it. Okay, and then be open that God may change it somewhere or another. But commit today. Then nothing's going to get in the way of you growing more in love with Jesus this year. Will you, will you do that? Will you commit today that this is not about one word, this is about my relationship with God, and then put it in places that you're going to see it, and you're going to make sure you're going to share it with somebody. Maybe put it in your bio on Instagram or something like that, and pray. When I say pray for an open heaven, pray for God to show us our one word. Help us to hear God as we start the new year. The open heaven idea, what I mean by that is that we'd have clear communication. We'd hear God really, really well at the beginning of the year as he charts our course for the coming year. So I, that's your one word uh, growth suggestion. Yeah, I was, I read a book by a guy named John Gordon where I got this idea several years ago. They got a Facebook community on one word. If you've got version, which all of you hopefully do, I've encouraged, if you have a smartphone, I've encouraged you to put version on your phone. It's a great Bible app. There is a four-day, it's not long, there's a four-day one-word devotional on, uh, that you can do on, on, on version, And it's in, your, it's in your bulletin. It's called, and there's several one-word Bible studies. The one that, that, that they do is one word that will change your life. One word that will change your life. Four-day devotional over three-quarters of a million people have done that devotional. Okay, okay. So, so here's the thing. Cut through the distractions. Stay God-centered. Because here's the thing, guys. Worldliness, the world that you live in, seeks to make sin normal and righteousness strange. Now, you think about that a little bit. The first time something comes out that is against Christian values and a lot of times against common sense, the first time it comes out, everybody thinks, what in the world is that? Nobody believes that. But they keep saying it, and they keep saying it, and they keep saying it. Why? To normalize it. To make you think like this is the way everybody lives. And to make righteousness strange. What do you mean you wait till you get married before you have sex? What do you mean you go to church two or three times a week? What do you mean that you don't use ugly language? What do you mean you don't tell off-color jokes? It, the world seeks to make righteousness strange. And sin, normal. Third thing is that we gather. We go, we grow. The other thing is, our one word is to help us to gather, to go together. Do this with somebody. Let somebody know what your one word is. Your family members, co-members, teammates, whatever it is. Try to get some people that do this with you. Share it in Sunday school. Share it in discipleship training. Share it on your Facebook page. But gather some people. Look at Genesis 12, 5. 
God calls us to do life together, guys. He took his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Watch this. This is not just an Abraham thing. This is an Abraham and his family and his community thing. This is his tribe thing, okay? This is, a, this is his people. You know, a lot of times we say, well, these are my people. This is Abraham's people thing. God never intended for us to do this by ourselves. That's why we gather each week physically is because we're called to be here to see each other, to love each other, to encourage each other, to do this together, to help each other to stay on track with Jesus. One of the things that uh, you didn't have a chance to see from the Crandall's video, the IMB missionaries video that I showed at the beginning this morning, I showed the sound booth was so gracious to show it for us, was he said that the, um, the people in the gym, one of the things that um, the Crandalls began to recognize was that these people are a community here. They did things together. Um, they hung out together. They laughed together. They said that the, the gym was just different from other places because people, they, they worked out, they laughed, they joked around, picked on each other, all that kind of stuff. And, and he said they, they took vacations to the beach together. And, and as they begin to form a church, this is a CrossFit gym, as they begin to form a church, he said they decided to do church on Wednesday nights. That was the best night. And he said, you know, everybody was sweaty, everybody was tired, they stunk, <laughs> we stunk, and, uh, and it was in the gym. But he said that was, that was just the best time. And so on Wednesday evenings, they, they got one of the rooms in the gym. They always have a meal together. They eat together. They talk together. They take turns uh, sharing. Uh, uh, everybody shares a testimony. Every week, somebody shares a testimony. They rotate the preaching. The missionary preaches some, but he's not the only one. Net that you saw, he preaches some. Others preach some. But he said they, they, they do think they did, they did fall festival this last year. They did a fall festival in Thailand. 250 children showed up for their fall festival. And uh, he said there was one little girl, nine years old, and she came and she heard about Jesus at the fall festival. And she asked, now she's from a Buddhist background. And so she asked her mom, she said, am I free to make my own decision about what I believe about God? And her mom, in a very brave decision, said, yes. I mean, that could cause some repercussions in the family. But her mom said, yes, you can do that. And so they began to go to church there. And they began to hear about the gospel there. And, and this little nine-year-old girl began to hear more Bible stories and more Bible stories and things like that. And she said, you know, I believe this stuff about Jesus is true. And her mom, who became friends with the missionary's wife, uh, Stephanie, her mom became friends with Stephanie, and now the mom and the little girl and the, and the brother have all come to Jesus. Why? It's community. It's a tribe. It's a gathering. We do this together. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves. Last of all, there's the goal. What's the goal? The goal is not to do this perfectly. The goal is is to glorify God. The goal is to stay focused on the mission God has for us. The mission, in fact, if you look in your mission statement every week in the bulletin, the mission of Hopewell Baptist Church is to have a great commandment, a great commitment to the great commandment, great commission. And our one word needs to tie us to that. That's the goal for everything we do here is to anchor ourselves that 
direction, Genesis 12, 5, the Bible says he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. They got to where God was calling them to go. I would imagine there were some fusses along the way, don't you think? I would imagine it wasn't easy. I would imagine some difficulties there. Abraham's not full He's not. He doesn't have the sacrifice of Isaac on the altar faith yet. He's not there yet. He, he's still going to do some bad marriage habits. <laughs> I mean, if you remember the story of Abraham, he can, he can get himself in some real hot water occasionally. And so he hadn't got the, so he's not all the way. But he's traveling, he's going, he's got his focus on Christ. And so as we close this morning, let me just give you a quick illustration. I've told you this before, but this is such a good illustration that most of you have in your pocket. Uh, and you don't have to take it out right now. In fact, I would rather you not. But if you've got, a, if you've got an iPhone, there's an interesting thing about an iPhone. Um, who's good with an iPhone? Can you, will you let me borrow your iPhone? Yeah, come, come here. You don't want to be on Facebook Live, do you? That's all right. Pull, pull, pull the flashlight up. All right. So here's what I want you to see. Stay right there. I'm going to need you just a second, I think. So, so see the flashlight? Flashlight shines on people, right? Highlight something, right? All right. Open the camera app up, if you don't mind, please. My, my phone is recording. <laughs> what happened to the light when you turned the camera on? It went off because you can't shine the light on Jesus when you're absorbed with yourself. Is that not amazing? It's built into the iPhone. You turn the light on, you're going to try to shine the light on Jesus. You've got to get the focus off yourself. It doesn't work that way. The, the one word is not about self-improvement. It's not about focusing on yourself. It's about how can I connect deeper and more powerful ways with Jesus. And so here's our prayer again. We're going to leave it up there in the invitation one more week. Lord, as we start 2024, Lord, we ask that you make it a life-changing breakthrough year. What's one word that God wants to give you for a life-changing breakthrough year? We don't want a good year. We want a God year. May you mark it with your power and presence. Strengthen us. Everybody say every day. Every day. May it be a, the best year ever for Jesus. For us to shine not, not absorbed with ourselves, not taking, you know, and there's nothing wrong with taking a selfie, but not living life like life is a selfie, like life is me, but shining the light on Jesus. God, give us breakthrough year. Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around? Heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Would you pray this morning? Lord, I want to be like Abraham. I want to travel with you this year. I want to go. I don't want to just sit. So easy to come to church and sit. And you listen to the music. And hopefully you sing along. But you listen to the special. And you listen to the sermon. You feel like you've done something for Jesus. And you obeyed God by coming to church. It's a good thing. But when we walk out the doors, that's where we really go. That's when we really enter the mission field is when we leave. And that's the place we need to have Christ on our mind, love in our heart, a desire to see people saved, a desire to shine the light on Jesus. Father, I pray 
Every time one of us turns our flashlight on this week or turns our camera app on this week, you remind us of that ill illustration that I heard Sadie Robertson give. Father, I pray that you'd give us our one words. And I pray, Father, it be your direction for the year, your purpose for the year. And it would help us, God, stay connected to what you're doing in our lives this year. Father, I pray for anyone who doesn't know Jesus today, they give their heart and life to Christ. Father, I pray for others of us as we begin this new year to really say, Lord, I want to go with you. I want to live with you. I want to live in friendship with you. I want to see, God, just how much you can do in my life. How many sins you can break in my life. How many addictions you can set me free from. God, how many people I can share Jesus with. Lord, not that it's about me, but I want to open my heart up. Wide open, God. Wide open. And just let you have every bit of me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around.